welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. us to a portion of scripture and I'm just going to read this portion um, just to start off with 1st Samuel chapter 3 and uh, this is uh, Samuel now uh, he was ministering to the Lord before Eli and the word came from the and, the and listen to this and word from the Lord was rare in those days visions were infrequent the Israelites had rebelled against God. They were continually rebelling against God. And God was not saying much. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in this place. And now his eyesight had begun to grow dim. And he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was, of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he said to him, here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli, now Eli's the high priest, he discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which both ears of everyone who hear it um, will tingle. And let's stop there. Um, I'd like to take us now to Colossians chapter 1, the book of Colossians chapter 1. And we'll look at this portion together. But in the meantime, let us just go to the Lord in prayer and let us just ask him for his help. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And we do pray for the Spirit of God to give me the grace to preach. But also all of us here, including myself, Lord, the grace to hear what the Spirit has to stay, say to us today. To see in your word wondrous things. And Lord, to examine ourselves in the light of your word this morning. That we may not just be hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. And I pray that by the end of this, Lord, that... What I preach today will be true in our hearts. And this message has the potential to really change our lives so that each one of us might find ourselves busy with what you are calling us to do. So, Lord, be with us now, for we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So, now we will go look at um, 
uh, Colossians chapter 1, the Lord was calling Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He was trying to get his attention. He wanted him to do something. And uh, he was beginning to address this boy. And let me ask you, when was the last time that you heard from the Lord? When was the last time that you heard from the Lord, him telling you something to do, and you did it? Now, I'm not going charismatic on you, okay? So no. uh, but if we are to be led by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in us, are we able to hear what he's telling us to do? Well, let's look here in Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you. Also, since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if God could write in his word um, the book of Agape Baptist Church and be able to write exactly that in the word of God? Yeah, it was a church that had heard the gospel, that was made up of people that had responded to the gospel, to the good news, that Jesus Christ loved them. God loved them. Came down, took on flesh, born of the Virgin Mary, uh, lived a perfect sinless life, and then went to lay down his life to seek and save the lost. And, and in order to do that, he paid the penalty for our sin debt. He laid down his life at Calvary. He surrendered his life in obedience to the Father, in obedience to the plan of salvation, redemption, ever since Adam and Eve had sinned, this plan has been in action. And Jesus Christ came and he laid down his life and he shed his precious blood for sinful people. And the Bible says that when we believe that, that Jesus died in our place on our behalf and paid the price of death, that we owe God, a thrice holy God. And when we believe that he died, was buried and rose again from the dead on our behalf, then we are saved. It's a personal thing to look at the cross of Jesus Christ and to realize that he, God, died to pay the penalty for my sin. And it's something that we ought to remind ourselves of every single day of our lives. We are alive because of Jesus Christ. There's no other reason that we are living today. Jesus died. Now, here was a church made up, and I pray that it's true of each one of you, that each one of you have surrendered your life to Christ, trusted in the fact that when he died on the cross and he took your sin on himself, there was nothing left of you. You were dead. 
Paul uh, reminded um, in Romans, he was given the gospel and he's reminded them that in us, there is no good thing. Paul said, there's nothing good inside of me. Save Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God in me today. Nothing good in me. And uh, I, I was given a graphic illustration of this just recently. That Carl, and I'm teaching this to somebody else. I got to Romans chapter 7. I said, right, now this is how not to do Christianity. Chapter 8 is how to do Christianity under the control of the Spirit of God. But you have to realize that there is nothing good in you. In the sinful body that we live in, in this um, meat pack that surrounds our soul and everything, there's nothing good. It's a sinful body. And if we have a default to sin, and uh, we really have to come under the power of the Spirit of God in order to do what God wants us to do. And uh, so I had a tiny scratch on my finger and I left it and of course it got infected and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then I tried to see a doctor and then I couldn't get an appointment and I went over to the next day and then to the next day and you know, <clears throat> I'm looking at this, I said, no, there's nothing good in me, look at this, oh man, even when I got to my doctor, she said, hi, sis, look at this, uh, and, uh, put me on these heavy antibiotics and everything and I said, no, I think the Lord's just using this as an illustration in my life and I hope it gets better. And praise God, yes, the illustrations are over now. But uh, really, there's nothing good in me. No. So when we gave our lives to Christ, he took our sin on himself and he laid down his life and he paid the price, not for just one sin, but he paid the price for all our sin, past, present, future. The fact that we are sinners against God, Jesus paid it all. He paid the price. He shed his blood. And now we live in Christ. Christ lives in us. I love that verse in Galatians 2 verse 20. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, but not I. Christ lives in me. And the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave his life for us. So here was the church that all had something in common. That all come to the point where they believed and trusted in Jesus Christ for their salvation. So they had this faith, faith in Christ. And then they had a love for one another. Uh, uh, the love, the love of the Spirit of God. They had a love for one another. And I pray that that's true of this church as well, that you have a love. And listening to Josh and Daniel and talking about your church. And I, I know that to be true in this church. There's a love for one another. And that's what believers in Christ ought to have. A love for one another. We all were dead in our sins. Now we're alive in Christ. So what is there to go on about? <laughs> we can just love one another. And also they had a hope. They had a hope in eternity. And uh, let me ask you, is that a rock solid hope in your life that one day you'll be in heaven? I hope it is. Uh, just two weeks ago, uh, one of the men in our church came and sat down. He said, Cal, I think I'm under the wrath of God. <laughs> I said, no. Uh, uh, you're under the wrath of God. I said, brother, you wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, you'd be in hell. Okay, <clears throat> if you were under the wrath of God or you're not saved. And so let's see what it is. Well, life's going terrible at the moment and business and everything. He says, God's out to get him. I said, no, no. I said, he might be out to get your attention. 
But let me see, are you in the Word? Are you praying? Are you studying? Are you meditating? Are you you delighting yourself in the things of the Lord? No, 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 no. I said, what did you expect? Just get right with the Lord again. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all the unrighteous stuff we do. I said, get right with Him. Get on your knees. Repent and put Him first in your life. Does He have the preeminent position in your life? I said, he wants that position. If you start putting other things in place of that, false gods, idols, I said, watch out. He's a jealous God. He'll come after you. Just stop and think what he did for you at Calvary. Go back to the cross. Think about what he did and give him the first place in your life. Well, this is a church and they were doing that and they were bearing good fruit. In other words, the gospel, the word of God was going out. It was increasing, and it was producing fruit in other people's lives. And really, if you want to fill up this place, that's what each one of us need to be doing. We need to be bearing good fruit. We need to be taking the word of God out, sharing it with people, and so that they can hear the good news that God loves them, particularly in this day and age in which we are living. Uh, Coming out of COVID, and I pray to God that we are out of this now completely. And I know some people have got sick and uh, and all the trauma that the world has been through. But um, the world needs something. The world needs Jesus Christ more so than ever right now because uh, there are so many that are turning to any and every other avenue except Jesus Christ. One of the ladies in the Tachabek Baptista Gemeente, she works at Stickland. I really take my hat off to her. Wards that are designed for 20 people have 50 people in them right now. Every day there are people turning up at that mental institution to ask to get in. Turning up without appointments. And it's sad to hear among some Christians as well that where they are turning to. And uh, it's really sad. Um, in the Macassar Church in, uh, in Cape Town, uh, uh, a gentleman came up to my wife one day and he said to her, my friend, in this the gospel. And, uh, <laughs> and how true? Are we taking that pill? Are we taking the pill of Jesus Christ? Is Christ that it in us, in our lives? Yeah, he ought to be. Now, this church, you think, wow, what a fantastic church. They're doing all these things, and they're going out, they're sharing the gospel, and I pray that that's true here. But you know what Paul says? He says, for this reason also, since the day we have heard of it, of this church, the faith they have in Christ, the love for one another, the hope that they have, laid up for themselves in, in heaven. He says, We have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Hmm? But I thought they knew the will of God and uh, I thought they have all this done. But Paul says, We are not stopping to pray for you that you will know that these believers, but I'm talking to us now today, you will know the will of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, before you take me wrong, let me tell you the first place that God will speak to you is in the Word of God. Okay? 
And so if we want to get this right in our lives, it may seem obvious, but the first step is uh, to be in an intimate personal relationship with the Lord and to be praying to Him about what's going on in your life. That's the first thing. Paul says, we are praying and we are not ceasing to pray for you. But in, in our own lives, we ought to be praying to the Lord. We have an intimate personal relationship with God now through Jesus Christ. So we should be praying to our Heavenly Father and be spending time just talking to Him about what's going on in our lives and how He can use us to bear good fruit, to share the gospel, to share the word of God. Because that is the number one priority in God's life right now. To save souls. Why hasn't he come? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 tells us he hasn't come yet because he still wants people to be saved. Jesus hasn't arrived yet. He still wants people to be saved. He came to seek and save the lost, not to judge the world right now. That comes later. That comes at the great white throne, Revelation chapter 20, where he will judge the dead. Uh, those who have never received Jesus Christ will then be judged eternally into a lake of fire. But right now, while Jesus hasn't come, there's a door that is wide open for people to hear the good news and to be saved. That is God's will. It's been his will since Adam and Eve sinned against him. To redeem mankind to himself. To reconcile man to himself. It's God's desire that he could enter into an intimate, personal relationship with every single living human being in this world. And if you are saved, you are in that relationship. And you should be able to talk to him. But not only talk to him, because uh, in a relationship, prayer is a two-way thing. And I, I find so many people, it's almost like, what is prayer? Well, we load up the buckshot into the shotgun, we come out there, and we shoot up, and uh, 500 pellets go out up to God, and then we wait and see if he answers any, uh, if something's going to happen, fall out the sky today. No, that's not it at all. It's an intimate personal relationship with your heavenly father in heaven through Jesus Christ and in the power of the spirit of God that we're able to talk to him and we're able to continue a personal relationship with him and we ought to be able to take any and everything that's going on in our lives in order to bring our lives into the will of God and to know his good pleasing and perfect will for your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing to Him. Can God do what He wants with you as a living sacrifice? You're not a dead sacrifice. You're living, you're walking, talking, breathing, living in your homes, going to your work, going to whatever you do, whatever you do on a daily basis during the week. doesn't matter what you do. Are you a living sacrifice at the disposal of God so Jesus Christ can live his life through you and reach a lost and dying world? And he says, do not be conformed to this world. Watch out. We have three enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil. The world and is full of its philosophies and conspiracy theories. I'm sure you've heard it all. I heard it all while I was there and COVID and uh, we heard it all. And Isaiah tells you, don't listen to conspiracy theories. They were listening to that, the Israelites. 
ended up in big trouble, still to, to this day. Listen to the word of God. What is God telling you to do? He says, careful, the world is trying to mold you. I told the Bible study on Thursday night, what are you listening to? What are you filling your minds with? And I've already had people in my study, uh, Russia, Ukraine, all this. I said, well, uh, how much do you know about this? No, I've been watching the news all day and it's just bombing me. Now I'm getting depressed and all that. Do you see what they're doing everything? I said, why are you watching that stuff? Switch it off. Jesus said there will be wars. There will be rumors of wars. What can you do about it? Pray. Pray for those Christians that are there, that are caught up in this. Pray that God can use them even in the midst of this. Read 1 Peter chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 about how to deal, how to live in suffering. And pray for those Christians. Pray for those believers. Pray for those pastors that are still there, that they might reach even more. And God would use this as a catalyst in their lives to be able to share Christ with others. But if you're just watching that stuff for the sake of watching it, and you're on YouTube and you're on all this stuff, and you're just filling your mind with that stuff, no. You're not going to find God's will in that. We're going to find God's will in His Word. And you keep reading the Word of God. You want the latest news. Open this and start reading it. In the morning, you start praying to God about everything. And then you start reading and you start listening to God, what He's telling you. Now, I wish uh, I could tell you, yes, I get this right. I'll give you an example in a moment. Why? Why does God want you to be in His Word? Why does He want you to know His will? Well, listen there, in the next part there. He says there in verse 10, So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in all respects. So that you will walk in a manner. Walking is living your daily life. Every step that you take, you're walking around. He says, I want you to live in a manner that is worthy of me. Worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he would say, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. I love what Paul says about Epaphras, our beloved fellow bond servant. What a title. And then he goes on, who is a faithful servant of Christ. Now, can God say that about you? Could he write that about you? Would the Apostle Paul say that about you? Are you that type of person to the Lord Jesus Christ? You're a living sacrifice. You belong to him. He paid for you. He bought you. He owns you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. And there's one thing that he wants you to be before him, and that is found to be faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 1, 2. Be faithful to him. To, to what? To what he's telling you to do. Telling you to do today. Telling you to do tomorrow. Perhaps he wants to use you tomorrow to speak to somebody. Perhaps he wants to use you tomorrow to do an act of love, of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Uh, he wants you to be that tomorrow. And he's preparing your heart and he's busy teaching you and he's telling you as you read the word of God. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's somebody that he wants you to talk to and begin the conversation. Uh, uh, the deacon, that's the one and only deacon at Dachabek, said to me, now we've been teaching, uh, we did an evangelism course and uh, shared Jesus without fear. Um, and uh, 
he, this guy, he took to it straight away and he began sharing the gospel. And he rides the bus to work every morning into town. So he's got an hour and a half. And every day he goes and sits somewhere else now. And then he asks the person, get chat, chat, chat. And then he says, oh, do you have any spiritual beliefs? And uh, what do you believe in? You know, uh, especially Monday. Did you, did you go to church yesterday? Yeah, what do you know about Jesus Christ? And uh, can I show you some verses and uh, share some things with you? And he's been sharing. And then I found out it's not just uh, uh, people, uh, Afrikaners. Now he's sharing with Muslims. And uh, he's talking to them at work. And he's beginning to share. He hasn't stopped. <laughs> I said, praise God. Uh, yes, one that's got it. And uh, he's really sharing with everybody. Then he went to pick up his son at the play, his little boy, uh, playing at the soccer uh, field. He had a match on and he pulled up in his car and he got out. And it's almost like the spirit said to him, you need to go speak to that person sitting on his bonnet of his car on the hood. Uh, and uh, go speak to, I want you to go speak to him. <clears throat> Well, he said he nearly had a heart attack. Uh, and uh, he said, Lord, but I don't even know this person. And now we're at the soccer match and everything. And I'm not like on my bus comfort zone uh, sort of thing. He said, no, I want you to go speak to this man. And he said, okay, Lord, but I don't even know what to say. And he sort of began walking over there. And he ended up having a spiritual conversation with this man that challenged this man to consider what he truly believes in. And I have my church. And uh, he said, no, I'm here. And began to share the gospel with him and then wanted to nah, start sharing some verses with him. And then the, the, the match ended. And he said, that guy couldn't hightail it out of there quick enough. But he did get in Romans chapter 10, 9 to 13. And the guy said, now I'll go look at that uh, uh, when I get home tonight. And off he went. And so maybe God will use that seed in that man's life to go home, read that scripture, and possibly get saved. Maybe God will send somebody else now during the week to that man. You see, that's what it takes. It just takes being faithful to God when he's asking you to do something. And you do it. Hmm. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of him. Pleasing the Lord in all respects. Bearing fruit in every good work. I asked somebody the other day, why does a lemon tree bear fruit? Because it's a lemon tree, I was told. I said, okay, let me try this again. <laughs> why do fruit trees bear fruit? Uh, yeah, firstly, okay, we can identify a fruit tree by its fruit. Well, what fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life that I can identify you as a believer in Jesus Christ? The fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, is that evident in your life all the time? If you're under control of the Spirit of God, that fruit should be evident in your life and identify you as something different, somebody different. And uh, it should be in our lives. Then the fruit tree bears fruit to replicate itself, to reproduce itself, that the seeds would fall to the ground, pop out the shell or whatever, and begin to grow again, and to replicate yourself. Isn't that the life of a Christian, that we ought to be trying to lead others to Christ so that they too can be saved? 
And so we've got to be planting seeds, planting seeds wherever we go. Gospel seeds, truth seeds. The Bible says you reap what you sow. Well, let me phrase it this way. You reap more than you sow and later than when you sow. So the farmer sows the seed. One seed of wheat can rise up, produce ah, about 380 seeds. And uh, that's what you do. We should be dropping seeds all over the place, gospel seeds. And if we have a chance to share the gospel. But we've got to be led by the Lord to do that. We've got to be in His will. We've got to be listening to the Lord. And we've got to be able to do that. Okay. Then he says here, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Strengthened with His power. You cannot do the Christian life in your own power. Paul made that evidently clear, in, abundantly clear in Romans chapter 7 where Paul said himself, he said, I want to do what is good, but then I find myself doing what is bad. I don't want to do this, but then I find myself doing this. And I think this, and then I'm doing this. And then, I, oh, he says at the end, Richard, man that I am, ah, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And the answer comes back, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God that indwells you. And we're going to Romans chapter 8, just when you think you've lost your salvation, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You can't lose your salvation. Amen. We ask God to forgive us. He forgives us. And now we carry on. But he says, no, you've got to carry on in the power of the Spirit of God. And so he says, yeah, we need to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Listen, all power, as much power as you can get from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians tells us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You need that power to do the Christian life. For the attaining of all, first thing he said, steadfastness. That no matter what happens in this world, your faith is secure in Christ. And you're able to talk that to yourself. You need to know who you are and your identity in Jesus Christ and make sure that you're standing on the rock, that when the storms come, and they come all around us and they come into our lives in personal ways and in different ways that you are standing, your feet are planted on the rock. Jesus Christ, I know who I am. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge, a very present help in time of trouble. And though the mountains fall into the sea, I always think of Table Mountain just slipping into the sea. What would, what would people think? Okay. And so when you look at the world events and the geopolitical events in the world, you've got to see that God is busy working out His plan. And what's happening with Russia is part of the plan. Go read Ezekiel 37, 38, 39. Go read that and see what's happening. Go read what's happening with Israel, but read from your Bible. God will tell you exactly what's happening. And are we living right now in the last times? I like to think so. Second Timothy chapter 3, you just read that and you think, wow, we're right there and we're actually overdue for a rapture. But anyway, the rapture could come at any time, any moment. We have to live with that in mind. I don't like these sunny days where there's no clouds. Because, uh, uh, you know, we're going to get caught up together in the clouds of the Lord. 
And yeah, they clouds of glory and splendor and everything. But when you see the clouds, you must remind yourself, wow, you know, the Lord could come. He's coming in the clouds. And we're going to meet him there. So no cloudy days like today. Oh, I don't know. Um, but no, uh, the, the rapture could take place any moment, okay? And uh, we're all longing for that. But how many people are not safe? Your friends, your family, your colleagues, people you know, acquaintances, Christianity is a minority, just a remnant compared to the rest of the world. There's a work to be done. There's a work to be done. And God is wanting to use you. All of you. All of us. Me. And if you're not steadfast in your faith in Him, you're going to get knocked over again and again and again, you need to be steadfast and you need the power of the Spirit of God that I'm building this house upon the rock and when the storms come, I can stand steadfast. And in that time, God is looking for Christians today to be steadfast so that you can reach out and invite those others in whose lives are flopping all over the place. Steadfast and patient. Ah, patience. Uh, now, I wish I could say this was true in my life every day. <laughs> but as I was, funny enough, as I study this, and I'll give you the illustration, I'm busy meditating on these verses. I'm med- memorizing them. I'm committing them to memory. And I'm praying. And now I'm starting to pray this for Faith Fellowship, for Tackleback, for, for Santa Crawl, for the missionaries. I'm busy praying it for everybody. And, you know, I'm beginning to think I'm so great because now I've memorized this prayer. And, wow, I can just pray this off and everything. And, and then I was called uh, to somebody who was downscaling the house uh, to come and help them. And... Uh, I went out and I was even meditating on this in the morning, but I wasn't listening. And uh, so <clears throat> I got to the house and they were showing me things and everything. And then they said, Cal, we want you to have this. And they gave me that and uh, I bought a desk from them. But take this thing, okay? So they give it to me and, um, and eventually we say goodbye and everything and off I go and everything. Next morning, I get a call. You bring that thing back. And uh, who said you could take it? <laughs> what? Uh, no, actually, I called. I went over there, and that's what they told me. Open the door. Not hello, Cal. No, where's that thing? You can't take that thing. I want it back, and you must bring it back. And I said, okay, cheers, bye. I jumped in my car in a bit of a anger uh, moment. <laughs> you know, impatient moment, let me say. Uh, so I said, no, no, I'll go fetch it straight away. Goodbye. Um, maybe I misunderstood them, but by the time I got a kilometer down the road, I knew, ah, I failed this one. And Lord, you were trying to warn me, be steadfast and patient. And I didn't see it coming. But you were talking to me this morning. You were telling me, Cal, you need steadfastness. You need patience. You're going to need it today. So when I come back and I say, you need to know the will of God, when you read your Bible in the morning, are you listening carefully what he's telling you, warning about you in the day what's to come? Make sure that you're listening to him. What are you telling me, Lord? You know, sometimes I say to him, Lord, this stupid guy, not getting it. Uh, what, what, What is it? Make it clear to me. Make it abundantly clear to me. Well, so I went to get this thing and I brought it back and, um, 
Okay, I put it in there. I said, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Out and off I went and everything. Next day, the wife phones me and says, can you come back, please? Uh, we'd like to talk to you. I thought, oh, yeah, now I'm in trouble. Okay, now it's going steadfast, patience, Lord. Please, I need this help. Give me much grace for this and everything. So I went back there, get in the house. And so we want to apologize to you, girl. Okay, uh, sorry, that uh, was our mistake. Now we want you to have that thing. <laughs> but we want you to have this thing as well. And we want you to have this thing. And now put it in your car and take it away. And we are not going to call you and ask for it back and everything. But uh, please take these items and yeah, forgive us for being so rude to you. <laughs> you see, when you get it right with God, <laughs> things go right. But make sure that you're not becoming the object lesson of the day. And uh, because we've got to listen to him. Ah, why should we do all this, guys? Well, when you get it right, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. You see, when you get it right, who do you thank? The Lord. And uh, I've been teaching our people, when you want to say thank you to anybody for anything, begin with God. In the beginning, God. I thank God for what you are doing in my life. I thank God for the way you did that. I thank God for that. Uh, then you're not just thanking the person, but you're including Christ in it. You're thanking God for the work that he is doing in somebody's life so that they give you now three things. And... Uh, yeah, and I still have them. And uh, they haven't asked for them back yet. So I don't think they will. But I have to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your patience with me. Putting up with my impatience. Thank you that when I confess it, you are faithful and just to forgive me, cleanse me, and now empower me to do it right. Thank you, Lord, for that. Wow. Why? Because that last verse there, 13 and 14, we have to, as I said to you, come back to your salvation. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness. It's all about God. And he's done that. He loved us so much that he did that to us. He qualified us to go to heaven, to one day be in his light, in his glorious light with the rest of the saints that have gone before us. And all those that we read about in scripture, in Hebrews chapter 11, we read about all those saints, the great cloud of witnesses. One day we're going to be there. We're going to be there. Why? Because we were living in darkness. We were living in darkness, but we don't belong there anymore. You belong in the kingdom of lights, the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. Is it the Lord of your life, the king of your life? He is. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you can't take that away. He is. We're in his kingdom already. We're positioned in it. Now we need to act like that. In a humble obedience to him. And no matter what it is that he's going to tell you to do, he will empower you with his spirit. Amen. He will never leave you alone. He's promised never to forsake you, to go ahead of you, to go with you. And we need to start right. Start by talking to him, praying to him, 
asking him what to do. And when he tells you to do something, say, Lord, help me. Help me. And when you do it, and there's a result at the end of it, whether good or bad, whether somebody rejects the gospel or not, all he wants you to do is bear good fruit in every good work. Bear fruit, plant seeds, show yourself to be a Christian, share the gospel, portions of the gospel, leave the results to God. That's not our business. Just humbly submit to him and uh, then we'll be able to thank him and say, thank you, Lord. So I hope this encourages you. And I'll tell you what, this will change your life. This will radically change your life. If in the morning, when you come to do your, your devotions, um, I'm not talking about a quick verse on the app, okay, uh, verse for the day. Now, where did that come from? I look at some people's apps and they're like Catholic apps and we think, oh, okay, you got a verse from the Lord today and uh, all this. No, I'm talking about getting into the living word of God that is able to speak to you on a daily basis. God is able to talk to you and tell you what he wants you to do. Change, put on, put off, etc. Do and when you're in the right frame of mind and he's telling you what to do, is he able to lead you by the Spirit of God and say, you need to talk to that person. You need to pray for that person. Uh, you need to do this. You need to change. You need to be kind. You're not being kind. You need to be patient, Cal. You're not being patient. Things like that. Your Christianity will change. And when you're in absolute fear of talking to somebody about Jesus, say, Lord, help. That's all you have to say. Help. He'll give you the grace. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the words that will just come out and you won't know where they're coming from. But afterwards you can say, thank you, Lord. Amen.